This is not complicated, just green. And it's time for an installment of Common Sense for Better Construction. We're bridging the information gap to help you reach a brighter future in the built world. Today's episode is sponsored by Creative Interface Architecture and Interiors, making sustainable construction practically impactful. Check us out at www.creativeinterface.design. Welcome, friends. Today we sat down with Joe Thomas, owner of Elemental Green Homes. They focus on home renovations and bringing older houses up to and beyond current building standards. Joe is a passionate advocate for better building practices, and he's lived in the Atlanta area most of his life. He's certified by the Building Performance Institute as an earthcraft builder and as a building analyst. He serves on the board of directors for the Lifecycle Building Center, a nonprofit organization that makes the environmental impact by upcycling building materials of all types that would otherwise end up in landfills. Joe's renovation projects save immense resources and costs by preserving the embodied energy of existing buildings. But more than that, Joe's work makes a big impact on the people and the neighborhood where his projects are built. You can check him out at elementalgreenhomes.com. Please enjoy. A carpenter and then a builder. Uh, so did that growing up. What age do you start? Must have been like seven or eight years old. Yeah. Um, when, uh, when I started swinging a hammer with my dad, all along the way, I have always been uh, interested in some version of sustainability. Yeah. I think I decided, I decided, well, you know, what I need to do is get into solar. I need to, you know, I need to get into solar energy. Like solar panels. Yeah. And the selling, installing. So, uh, so I started doing some training at South Face. Um, and I uh, got a BPI certification, Building Performance Institute for Building Analyst, and uh, got into the health world. Uh, so um, worked in the health performance business for a while, and that was doing uh, energy assessments on homes. Back in, uh, back in those days, uh, we would follow a protocol called uh, Home Performance with Energy Star, uh, which was put together by Department of Energy. And uh, in uh, cooperation with uh, Joe Power, who was providing uh, rebates, started a company alongside a design build firm called Renewal Design Build. We started a sister company called Renewal System Solutions doing health performance. Um, that ran through the Recovery Act funds, provided a whole lot of money for doing energy efficiency improvements. And so the business just went through the roof during that during that period that was there were rebates for a couple of programs and then there were also tax credits business was booming and uh then after that things slowed down uh, really i was had been interested all along in doing some green building you see had uh been connected to south face knew about uh earthcraft and in fact the design build firm that i was working alongside did a couple of earthcraft projects as well um but I wanted to do a little bit more. So I got my contractor license, became an earthcraft builder, certified as an earthcraft builder, and uh, went and bought a house and did an earthcraft renovation. So that really was kind of my, uh, my model for quite some time was that I would buy a house, uh, do an earthcraft renovation, and resell. Um, this is not a flip. Right. <laughs> 
so often you hear uh, people buying a house and renovating it, and all they're really doing is a coat of paint and new countertops. Yeah, a lot of the investors, um, that's what they're doing. And, you know, it's entirely about a buck, which, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. I'm, you know, dumb as it may sound, that's not my primary reason for doing yeah. it. It's a big opportunity, Mr. It really is. And single family is the, uh, is, is the area where, um, ultimately we could make the biggest difference and is really the hardest to deal with because it's, you know, it's one home at a time times what, 150 million homes in the United States. Right. Far as I know, and I have good reason to believe it, <laughs> was the only one in the metro area who was uh, doing earthcraft renovations to resell. My problem in doing those a lot of times is that I'm a client and I want it all. Right. <laughs> so, you know. So you couldn't help yourself. I could not help myself. You know, well, I could just for a little bit more, I can do this. A little bit more, I can do that. Mm -hmm. So I learned a lot in that process. And one of the things that we learned was that the appraisal industry was not ready to understand the value of the building. Right. So we uh, early on ran up, a cut, uh, ran up against some problems. Uh, with appraisals on the houses that we were that we were selling, what what kind of problems? There was no premium that was uh, associated with all the green building features. Yeah, and there were mechanisms within uh, the appraisal industry. Uh, appraisal Institute had, um, in fact, come up with uh, some guidelines for uh, appraising green building projects. Mm -hmm. um, it just didn't ha hadn't made it down to the appraisers. The features of green building, you know, the advantages of green building, um, one of them that people don't really think about is durability. Right. Uh, because of the way they're constructed, they're more durable than than other uh, houses, other, other construction methods. Sure. Um, you know, things like really paying attention to water um, and moisture. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, not only is it about durability, then it becomes about uh, indoor air. Right. Um, and then there are some really measurable things like energy efficiency. And water efficiency. Um, so um, while the Appraisal Institute had um, put some time and effort into uh, developing standards for it, it, it just hadn't made it out of the appraisals. Mm -hmm. um, there was a lady by the name of Sandy Adamatis, who is uh, with the Appraisal Institute, um, works with them. And um, she is the one who really drove the green building uh, standards in the appraisal industry. So she helped us out with uh, pointing out some um, some guidelines in Fannie Mae. I mean, there there were even you know Fannie Mae guidelines. Um, it was just an education thing. Mm -hmm. You know, mortgage companies didn't really seem to care. No, nah. um, even though you know their more the mortgage would, their loan would have been higher. It was an uh, impediment to getting the deal done. Um, and the way that we educated was that we wrote into our contracts that they were required to use an appraiser with experience in green building appraisals. Okay. Uh, that was a big step. And all of a sudden you had people who at least claimed to have some knowledge of, of green building appraising. So they emerged once you they made a requirement. did. Yeah. Plus there was also a premium attached to the appraisal. Yeah, that was quite a lever to switch to. It, it really was. So I did uh, I did that for a number of years, uh, buying and renovating and selling. Recently, in the last few years, the cost of the projects to buy, to renovate, just got stupid. So I started doing more work for 
um, for other people. Um, well, actually, you know, direct to homeowners. Okay. Well, and that's what I've been doing primarily since then. Along the way, I uh, had the wonderful luck of developing a relationship with the Georgia Trust for Historic Preservation, who had a project coming up. They had uh, two houses that they had bought from a uh, from a family uh, in Southwest Atlanta. They were doing earthcraft renovations to resell those homes uh, through an affordable housing project managed by the Atlanta Land Trust. That's been incredibly rewarding work. Um, those first two projects with the Georgia Trust, we worked with South Face to come up with a, a standard uh, for sustainable preservation that was for renovation. It was really important for us to look at uh, finding ways that we could do it affordable, uh, that would then transfer to any renovations. You know, one of the knocks that people have on, on rebuilding is, oh, it's so expensive. And it's really just not the case. Uh, right. There are a number of decisions, you know, along the way, but there's no there's no cost uh, factor at all. I mean, it's just a it's a decision to do it this way or do it that way. A lot of times, it's just technique. It's a change in the cost at the construction, but you're going to recoup all of that, if not more, in a short period of time. The return yeah. on investment yeah. is definitely makes it worth it, but it isn't the standard, so a lot of people want to avoid it on that upfront cost. One of the terms that's used a lot of times is cost of ownership. So it's not just the fact that your, say, your energy bills are lower. It's also that there are you know, fewer maintenance issues. Right. We were talking before about durability being a big part of getting building standards. Broader than just uh, energy efficiency settings, it's it's cost of ownership. Mm-hmm. Um, and you should you know, throw in there always that saving water too. Absolutely. And uh, being a city of Atlanta water buyer <laughs> and flusher, yeah. um, that's, you know, it's not as And in the city of Atlanta, water availability, pretty important. They are, and they're going to become more and more important worldwide. You know, we're going to have to deal with water or the lack thereof. It's, you know, one of the things uh, with Earthcraft is, you know, it's a simple thing. It's a, it's a requirement to use water sense fixtures. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, water sense fixtures are, we're water saving fixture. It's the plumbing fixture equivalent of energy. They test the performance of these uh, devices. So there are a number of properties that uh, were acquired by the uh, Fulton County Atlanta Land Bank when the market crashed back in 2008, 2009. Uh-huh. Uh, there's a foundation that also bought some properties back then. So they have a supply of houses in fast gentrifying areas, and but that uh, that they're working to keep keep people in in those areas. They're also asking builders to uh, stick to some sort of building standard. So often in our day to day lives, we just don't recognize the waste that we're creating and the problems and caused by leaving a light on in an empty room or having the water run when it's not necessary. And these things are sort of obvious to us. What are some of those other consequences or some of those other bad outcomes that we can see coming that the average person might not recognize on the horizon if they can't make some of these changes. Well, there's a lot of dust. There's just a lot of dirty air involved in, in houses. And, you know, I'm, I'm sad to say new houses uh, just like old houses mm-hmm. um, because still, even though the building code has improved greatly in that area and Georgia's 
done a pretty good job of of, uh, of uh, having a, a decent energy coat. Better than some. <laughs> still better than some. Still coming along. It, it just makes a big difference, you know, to control the air to the Um So that's one of the one of the great benefits and one of the great detriments of not doing it is to continue to um, to have bad air in the house. One of the uh, when we were uh, doing a whole lot of home performance work, there were there were more than one instances where we went into a house and they had some carbon monoxide issues going on at work. That uh, yeah, one one in particular, the uh, it was uh, an elderly gentleman uh, living with uh, with his kids, and he was having headaches. Well, it turned out that his bedroom was above the area of the crawl space where the water heater was, and it was not venting properly. Um, so there was carbon monoxide that was well that was making it into his room. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, these are a part of you know rebuilding a part of performance assessments and, and testing and those improvements is what's uh, one of the real big things about uh, indoor air quality, combustion safety, indoor air quality. Yeah, and so many of the simple steps that we would want to take to make it a decent home, a vapor barrier, moisture barrier, air barrier, they have that impact. They make a huge impact on that. Then they also have these other great benefits like keeping bugs out, keeping moisture out, keeping pollen out of the house and, and being able to control those things, it really is empowering for people. And yet so many people just are oblivious. Yeah. Well, and those are relatively low cost improvements too. Um, they are not sexy. And, <laughs> and, you know, putting a vapor barrier down, it might have some impact on your energy bill, but, but you know, not really, uh, you know, not necessarily have anything to do with your energy bill. But it helps with the indoor air quality. Yeah. And it also helps with that durability thing. Because, you know, moisture on wood is not a good thing. Uh, so, you know, there there are so many of those low-cost items that uh, that you're getting benefit from. You know, ultimately, in the outperformance field, um, it always came down to uh, the, the people who were going to have work done had some sort of pain involved. You know, it was either that their energy bills were ungodly and they just really wanted to do something about that, or there was something about uh, indoor air quality. You know, somebody was, was sneezing a lot or, or they just weren't comfortable. Um, you know, a lot of times um, that's that's the that's the pain that, that gets people to do something. You know, we did we have always worked with a lot of people who, you know, environmental uh, concerns were a, a primary motivator. Um but it usually is pain. <laughs> Sims on a pain, yeah. Pocketbook, or or you know, you're just your general discomfort. Yeah, uh, that motivates people. Yeah, people who they see the problem in their house, they're ready to act on when these visible problems that you're not even aware of. Uh, there's a reluctance to really take action, and it can cost you in a lot of very important ways. Yeah, big impact on lives. I know that in my practice, when we do home renovations, we suggest home performance for a lot of people. And they're like, well, why, why do you need to bother that? I just wanted to do, you know, an addition to the back. Why, why are we going down that road? I was, I wasn't happy having to come out here because I needed the existing house tested. I'm happy with the house. I just need this extra space. So why bother? And then when you make them aware of it, um, it, it can really be shocking just because it just wasn't on their radar. 
in the renovation world as a contractor to a homeowner, um, there is some selling involved. In sure. Uh, but just like you were saying, when we point out the benefits, our uh, people will start to cover out. Um, yeah, they're uh, the, the overused example, I think, uh, in the green building world from, from a bunch of bigger builders is that uh, they will always choose the granite countertop over the over the vapor barrier or whatever right. it is. Um, and that's not true. The reality is a guy named Joe Stickrick in the, in the green building, uh, he's a guru on the green building business. And he says that people take care of beautiful things. So, you know, you want all of those beautiful fish, you know, you want it to barely be a beautiful project because people will take care of them. And it's hard to market a healthy, ugly house. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. More and more, there are options that um, a lot of times from the, from the homeowner's standpoint, it doesn't matter that they are in. It's just another selection. Mm-hmm. Um, well, a lot of these efforts also help when you talk about durability, you're talking about home ownership stability and that people are not going to have a house that's breaking down on them over time. Whether it's home ownership or whether it's a landlord taking care of their house, being able to have the people stay in the house for a longer period of time. Um, so the stabilizing of families and communities and, and, and home ownership or in tenants. Those are some of the things that a lot of people just don't even think about in that regard as an as a benefit of green design. Uh, well, I think one of the uh, one of the cards that you mentioned was you know, from an investment standpoint. You know, a landlord obviously they want to spend as little in maintenance as as they they have to. Um, so and have as few complaints exactly from their tenants about the quality. of a very small segment of the real estate industry is working very diligently on that, uh, including green building certifications in uh, FMLS, for instance, and policing it. Some people, you know, number of people were abusing that, yeah, you know, that little checkbox. So there's, yeah, there's, they're spending a whole lot of effort on on cleaning that up, and it really means something. So, but you know, people move for whatever reason. So if they, you know, if they're making a renovation along the way and the whole idea about resale, uh, there might be a premium in the resale while you're making, you know, while you're doing anything to this house, why don't you go ahead and make the improvements that are going to last? Primarily the houses that I'm looking at, all the homes. <laughs> and, uh, and I go to other houses and I see, you know, all of the opportunities that they missed. I mean, yeah, they, they opened up the walls. And they did the, you know, the the absolute least that they had to to pass an inspection uh, to insulate, and you know pennies will per square foot to do it right, mm-hmm. and you know it's it's going to be another thirty years or everybody or more before everybody does listen. So as people hear this and they get excited about it, maybe they don't have a project for you to work on, but they love the message. They want to get behind this. They want to participate in some way. What are those opportunities? So I happen to be on the board of an organization called the Lifecycle Building Center. And uh, we are a nonprofit in Southwest Atlanta that promotes reuse of building materials there that would either, uh, well, often go into the land. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but we also have a, a part of our mission is uh, community engagement. And one of the things that we have done for years is that we have uh, held a quarterly workshop uh, around Hope Before Us. We are, I understand that we are hopefully in the next quarter or so, we will be back to doing um, those Hope Before Us workshops. Uh, there are, um, South Face has a number, there are a number of resources on the South Face website. Um, a lot to read. They have some, some online, uh, online courses that they do. Um, so I would always check to see what they're, what they're doing. And I think they're trying to do more homeowner friendly training. But the basic forces that they have on there are, in fact, basic and, and good for a lot. Uh, the Department of Energy has, it's an incredible site, um, but just all, all types of it. A lot of it's reading, so, um, but there are pictures. Uh, <laughs> so there's you got to get them caught up to the YouTube channel. You can You know, 15-minute video. And actually, you know. It's a good point because they have actually, there there are a number of videos on there. And then there are resources that they can direct you to as well. Um, the Atlanta Community Tool Bank. Why well, I, I forgot, speaking of you know, doing these things in the COVID age, um, we did uh, uh, LBC, Life Cycle Building Center, uh, in coordination with Atlanta Community Tool Bank, did an online um, workshop. And I believe they archive all of their trainings on their website. So, you know, there's stuff out there. If you are interested, I, again, South Face is always a really good resource for this. If you're a builder listening to this and you're starting to realize that this is an opportunity for you to, to improve the brand of your company and you want to get involved, and you speak to how difficult or how easy it is to make the move and to get yourself certified in these areas. Yeah, well, we're back to South Face being an incredible uh, resource. Um, there are other green building standards, um, but uh, for me, Earthcraft is just—it's the most practical. Certainly in the Atlanta metro area and in the southeast, Earthcraft is one that to me makes the most sense. Um, it is a one-day training to become Earthcraft certified, um, and it is—it's a—it's a full day. I will tell you, it's a full day. Yeah, the opportunity is that you walk out of there with a certification, but um, what you get as well is just a, a kind of incredible toolbox of you know things to do. The resources. What's been the client feedback from your from the customers who have bought your houses that you've done the renovation the way that you wanted to do it? What do they come back and tell you? Well, uh, I think simply put, um, I have relationships with people who have bought my houses. Um, which, you know, as a builder, um, I should say I have good relations uh, with people who have bought my house. But that's hard. It It can be a very contentious relationship sometimes. When you wind up with a good friendship or relationship, that's power. A couple of them have believed that I am a resource. And I love you. Mm -hmm. You might have figured along the way, you might have picked up along the way, I'm passionate. So I'm unpassionate about it's the way it is. So I, yeah, um, and the fact that that I can continue to have a relationship with someone who's bought a house for me, and then let me know how much they appreciate. It. 
loss. Um, I have um, I have friends who uh, or people that I have in other parts of the green building uh, green building community uh, have a relationship, and they uh, they know someone who has a who lives in a house who bought a house that, that I had renovated. And they'll come back and tell me they won't ever shut up about that house that's been built. That, and uh, and that's um, you know it's why, dude. It's, it's you know houses for me are stories. There are you know they're they're stories to be told. They're stories that are going to be told. There you know it's uh, you know what a uh, woman recently you know was was trying to convince me to sell them the house. You know trying to say hey we're the ones. And you know, she talked about, you know, seeing her family, you know, raising a family there. They were the one that was starting to think about having kids and they could imagine themselves being in that house. Well, uh, yeah, that's that's what being a single family home builder is all about. It is, you know, a place where people um are, are making movement on so but their house it's a whole. So Yeah, that's a positive impact that you're making on their story, on their memories and on and on the look. The impact that that house is going to have on the next as well. Yep, and then on a more technical side, you know that one of the you know the, the same house I was saying that uh, uh, some mutual friends uh, visit these people. Um, they they both they both happen to be engineers, and the first couple of conversations uh, I had with them uh, after after they had been living in the house for a little while was. Look at these energy bills, you know, look at the amount of energy that we use. And this is, you know, I mean, they had, <laughs> yeah. they had it all figured out, you know, what they were using energy, you know, different, you know, different parts of the, um, different parts of the house, how they were using the energy and, and how low it was as compared to the norm, you know, as compared to, to apps and their experience in other houses. So, um, you know, wherever it comes, if it's an emotional thing, if it's a nerdy thing, I'm at and tell me, tell me what's going on with the house in your room. Yeah. Well, it speaks to the reason that we're doing this is we want to educate the people who don't know about this. And the more that you know about this, the more that you can appreciate. So this isn't mainstream for everybody yet, but it needs to be. And the more that people find out about this, the more people who have not been paying any attention to this start to listen in on this kind of stuff, the more they realize the impact that these things can have on their life and on their health and on their communities. The bottom line is that it is intensely practical. Wherever, whatever direction it's coming from, it all comes down to the fact that it's intensely. Thank you for joining us, friends, for another serving of common sense. This was not complicated, just green. Sponsored by Creative Interface Architecture and Interiors, redefining the impact of great design, one client at a time. Check us out at www.creativeinterface.design.